You know, they're they're not at the like, – for instance, Scott Frost, I see him here at 53. My guess is CBS didn't have Scott Frost listed at 53 whenever he took UCF to the Fiesta Bowl or whatever it, it was that they played in in that undefeated season, right? You think they had him at 53? No, doubt it. No, they had him at uh, 47 last year, so he dropped six spots after that 3-9 and nine season, so – yeah, I mean, the, the situation does factor into it pretty heavily. That's why I think Steve Sarkeesian, even though he's only ranked 39 out of 65 Power 5 head coaches, is massively overranked on this. Um, he's a guy that failed at USC. He got fired. And some people would say, well, Brent Venable's unproven. He's 0-0. Zero and zero. Teddy, I'd rather my career record be 0-0 zero and zero than the 5-7 and seven with the loss to Kansas that Steve Sarkeesian put up last year. So, yeah, I get it. It, it, It's hard to rank Brent Venables, but I think that you can still rank him higher than a guy like Steve Sarkeesian, who did a terrible job at USC, and if he doesn't have a good year at Texas this year, he's probably going to do the same thing. Well, here's the deal. So I've got the little little paragraph they wrote about Brent Venables. It says, while I don't have the complete records, I believe this is the highest a debuting head coach has ever appeared in our coach rankings. It doesn't come as much of a surprise. Venables has been the mastermind behind some of the best defenses in the country at Clemson and won multiple national titles there, yada, 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 yada. You know, so he's at 45. He's ahead of uh, Marcus Freeman, who's at 49 at Notre Dame. He's ahead of uh, Dan Lanning, who's 54 at Oregon. So, I don't know. I would rank him higher than that, yes, but... I also have an inside view of what he's doing up there around the program, and you know it, it's easier to whenever you're around here. From a national perspective, I doubt a lot of folks uh, can see what exactly it is that he's he's doing up there. So it's okay; it won't last. He'll be he'll be rated super high come next year. Yeah, Brian Harson is at 48 on this list. Uh, Marcus Freeman is ranked behind him. I thought everyone thought that he was already a top three head coach in football. Uh, but that is a little bit surprising because everyone was has been using the excuse of Brent Venables for never being a first-time head coach. But nobody wants to mention that with Marcus Freeman. This is the first list that I've seen as to where someone thinks that Brent Venables is a better head coach than Marcus Freeman. Yeah. Yeah. That's And, and, and you know what? Like back to it, this is really difficult – yeah, he's 0-0 zero and zero as a head coach, and I know it didn't always translate, but his overall record as an assistant coach is pretty good, right? Like, yeah. I, I think that that record at Kansas State, OU, and Clemson can justify even a higher ranking than what he is right now because he's, you know, thrown out so many great defenses and played in so many national championship games. Like it, I, I think that... Brent Venable's got to be considered one of the most successful assistant head, uh, assistant coaches maybe in college football history. Yeah. Uh, yeah, perhaps. Perhaps. he's. There's not a lot of coaches that win multiple national championships, especially at multiple stops. Uh, that That's where it becomes really rare. And he's done that. And, you know, he's got a chance to add to that as a head coach. And – I believe he's going to at some point. Do you, where do you think Muleshoe is going to be at on this? I think he was four or five last year. Uh, you know, 
normally if you have a disappointing year, you get punished on this list and you drop a couple spots. But I don't – and I'm guessing the top 25 is going to be released tomorrow or in a couple days, whatever. But, you know, no one's really taken into account that he had a disappointing team last year. I bet that he doesn't fall on this list. Uh, Number five? I think. I mean, if he does, weren't, it's weren't we be talking about it last year that he he was ahead of Ryan Day? Weren't we talking about that last year as to how could you rate him ahead of Ryan Day? Yeah, may I, I don't remember the exact ranking. I guess Ryan Day would have been coming off a national championship game appearance, so that makes a little bit of sense. I'm going to guess their ranking goes: Saban one, Kirby Smart two, Dabo three. Um, probably Muleshoe 4 and Ryan Day 5. That's not how I would have the top five, but I'm guessing that's what their top five looks like. Yeah. It's kind of hard to, outside of that, like who else can you even rank that's coached in a semifinal? I guess um, Fickle. Luke Fickle's yeah. got to rank pretty high, which I would probably sure. rank Luke Fickle – like number three, or or maybe even higher than that, taking a place like Cincinnati to a semifinal is a basketball school, man. Yeah, is way more impressive than I think what Ryan Day or Lincoln Riley did. Yeah, I teams mean, he that, did what teams no that one has already, ever done before. Already went to a semifinal, they took over whenever they were firing on all cylinders and took them to semifinals so building it from the ground up like he did at Cincinnati is way more impressive in my opinion yeah uh yeah he did what no one's else has ever done taking a non-power five team to the playoff and you know it's not like Cincinnati has a long line of success you know again they're a basketball school they, they were a mid-major kind of basketball school for a long time and now he's got them into a football power and maybe a football school now I, I He's not one guy that I was just really wanting to be the next head coach at OU, but if you want to pitch him to me as a top four, top five head coach, I'll listen all day, man, because last year wasn't really an outlier. He's had that thing humming now for about five consecutive years, it feels like. That's right. And it doesn't feel like they're going to go anywhere anytime soon. No, they've you know they've done a really good job turning over talent. Right? Whenever they've lost guys, they've done a good job replacing them. Um, and I don't know like where they fall in some of the recruiting ranking stuff. My guess is probably not very high, but uh, they, that's, that's the development aspect of it. If you're going to be at a non-power five and you want to have any type of chance at all with compete with the big boys, you better be developing some serious, serious talent. So, Yeah, uh, the, the uh, lowest-ranked coach on this list at 65 – was Virginia Tech's new head coach, Brent Pry. So, I, I guess that's fine. I don't know a whole lot about Brent Pry, but, man, if Sark doesn't turn in a bowl season this year and he goes back-to-back five and seven years, I'd be inclined to put Sark as the, as the worst head coach in Power Five if you can't even go to a bowl game at Texas. Yeah. I, Man, I... I guess I probably wouldn't have guessed five and seven last year either. It would be one of the most amazing accomplishments 
in the wrong direction, obviously, to take a team that's had, I don't know, however many top five, top seven recruiting classes in the last five, six, seven years and go back-to-back five and sevens. Like, just going five and seven in general with a team that's recruited that well is – has anyone else done that? Is there anyone else we can think of that's had a losing record after recruiting in near the top well, five almost every year? I mean, USC recently, but they had a really bad recruiting class a couple years ago. So, like, to the level of Texas, not really. I mean, LSU, but, the, I mean, they, they can still say, well, yeah, we had some tough years, but we won a national championship back in 2019. So, to answer your question, no, probably not. Yeah. Pretty impressive. Like you stuff. almost have to try in this conference, man. Yeah. To go five and seven. Yeah, that's like the other thing. Point, like at some point, you have just have so much talent more than the other team that you luck into a couple wins. I mean, you actually got to really try hard to go five and seven in this conference right now. Yeah, they've had two top five classes in the last four years, and they went five and seven. Like that's 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 unbelievable. Unbelievable. In, in a conference like you pointed out that, I mean, there's good football teams in this conference. There is. There's teams that are coached really well and do a whole lot with the talent that they have on hand. But, you know, it's not like some people can say, we had a really good team. We just, schedule-wise, we had Georgia, Alabama, LSU this year, and we played, you know, Clemson in the non-conference. And, you know, like, they don't have that. At all. They have nothing anywhere similar to that. Good luck trying to convince someone that whenever you're Texas, that you got dealt a bad hand whenever you had to go on the road to Baylor. That's like an hour away right. from you. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, no, I hear you. Hey, Doug and Norman on the Air Coverage Solutions text line says, you guys always talk about how many natties Britt Venables has won. His record is 0-0. Zero and zero. How many has Dabo Sweeney won? Apparently none if Venables gets the credit for a natty. What? I'll let you address that. Dude, there's not one person. How many has uh, Dabo won? Apparently zero. I mean, who are you going to attribute the national championship to? The head coach? The quarterback? You gonna attribute it to the the guy that intercepted the ball in the in the third quarter? The team gets the national championship. I've got a ring at my house from the two thousand year. Okay, that doesn't mean that Coach Stoops doesn't have one. That doesn't mean that Coach Venables doesn't have one. You attribute a national championship to a team, and whenever you're comparing and you're talking about what someone has done as an assistant, if they've now taken over as head coach, it's totally legitimate to say that a guy that is a coordinator on a team, you can say that he's won championships as a coordinator. That's not, he wasn't the ball boy. He wasn't even just a position coach. He's a guy that's calling plays out there on the field that has a direct impact on the outcome of the football game. That's one of the most absurd things I've heard in a while. <laughs> right? Uh, I love you, Doug. Keep it coming, man. Ah, yeah. Am hey, I missing I anything? You, Keep the text coming. I, I, no, I, I appreciate no, the I text mean, message, but to say that 
we're only attributing Clemson's national championship titles to Venables. That's just absurd. I, it, people that have a hand in it, it takes an entire football team to win a championship. I don't even understand where that comes from. Yeah, I'm going to uh, allow Brent Venables to claim those two national championships. So I'm on your side, trust me. Um, well, I, I guess he could claim three. 2000 at Oklahoma, and I mean, he was the second in, in charge to Clemson. You know, it wasn't like he was the, you know, the defensive ends coach or anything like that. He was second in line on that Clemson staff, so yes, he gets full credit for that. Plus, they beat Alabama. Right. Just like we give Jimbo and, and, Fisher and, credit. And it was a dominant defensive performance against Alabama to win that 2018 national championship. His defense. Right. Well, you know, Jimbo Fisher, we credit him with, uh, yeah, he won a national championship as a head coach. We also talk about, yeah, well, he won a national championship as a coordinator as well. I mean, that matters. Like, that's why those guys, that's why Sarkeesian got the job at Texas, right? Because he won a national championship as the offensive coordinator at Alabama. I mean, because he shared in that. That's a wild take, man. (laughs) That's a a wild take. Yeah. All right. uh, We got to hit a timeout. Quick break. More from the rush coming up. Hour number two rolls on. Keep the text line coming. 651-3439. Cavis Construction bringing you hour number two of the rush. If you have any emergency repairs, well, Cavins, they got you. They're on the the call 24-7. CavinsConstruction.com for more information there. All right. Air Coverage Solutions text line. God, God, this text line is going to make Teddy stress eat some Taco Bell. <laughs> Just mine. Hey, I got my Taco I Bell shirt it. on today. Appreciate nice. the text. Good. Good to hear that. Good to hear that. Text line is all fun and games until your text gets called dumb by Teddy. Laughing emoji. Well, okay, maybe I shouldn't have said dumb. But to act like... Venables, it's not okay or normal or commonplace across you know the entire country to say that he's won a national championship or two national championships whenever he's the defensive coordinator on a football team that that does win that. I I I don't know what else to call it. You don't just attribute the national championship. To the head coach, everyone on the team gets a ring. Uh, Doug says, dude, in all caps, you constantly say that Venables has won X number of national championships. I agree that it's a combined effort of the head coach, the coordinators, the position coaches, and the players, but that's not always how you portray it. When you are portraying the talent, that's not always how you portray it when you're portraying the talents of BV. He has been successful as an assistant. I seriously hope he is more successful at OU as a head coach, but he is still 0-0. Zero and zero. Yeah, he's still 0-0. Zero and zero. What does that mean? Uh, that's not how I portray it when I'm portraying the talents of BV. When I say he's won a national championship, it's, it's just what you say. It's like whenever you say... Um, uh, whoever player has won a Super Bowl. It's just what you say. 
He'd been a part of a Super Bowl winning team. I don't know. Again, I have no idea how that factors in one iota. Other than the fact that he has a, a very long history of success as a defensive coordinator. And yes, he's zero and zero. What does that mean? That since he's zero and zero, I shouldn't look at anything he's done in his whole life to try and come up with an idea of what it might look like under his tenure as head coach. You have any idea how absurd that sounds? Well, I know he hit 50 home runs last year with the Braves, but he hasn't hit one yet with the Dodgers. He'll probably hit zero. Wow. Why'd you have to bring Freddie Freeman into this? I don't huh? know. It was totally, so well. totally to random that, that I said Braves and totally random that I said Dodgers. This uh, crap. Sorry about really the Freddie Freeman feelings. stuff. Hope you know that. Uh, more absurd text, please, LOL. I agree. Really tick off the idiotic text. Count Smitty's. Bam. Yeah, Smitty's got – what? I guess Smitty's got more than anybody, does he? He's got the Notre Dame in 88. He's got the Nebraska. Florida in 96, correct? Nebraska, Oklahoma in 2000. Whoa, how about that? Schmitty is 0-0, zero and zero, though. And, well, don't forget the one that, uh, <laughs> you know, they gave to Jimbo Fisher whenever he, he went to A&M. You know, they just. <laughs> yeah, he, gets, he, gets, he gets half of that. Yeah. I don't know. Am I... Tell that guy to go listen to Thunder is on the text line, too. I can point you to a couple places where ping pong balls is a discussion today. Trust me. But And maybe I'm missing something here. But we say this about everyone. Like, whenever you look at their track record to try to predict uh, or, or use it to factor in what their level of success may be at their new place. You know, it, that's, just, that's how you do it. I'm sorry. I should just get on the radio and say, I don't know what's going to happen with Venables as head coach. He's never been a head coach before. He doesn't know what the hell he's doing when it comes to football. He's 0-0, zero and zero, and until I see him win a game, I can't predict with any level of certainty that he'll actually win one. I will use the uh, positive results as a pitch as to why that I think he's going to be a great head coach. But here's the, Because here's the thing, Teddy. If the results weren't that great at Kansas State, OU, and Clemson, I assure you, those points would be uh, used to be made to use against the higher, right? Right. So, hey, very if funny, if Kendall. It wasn't great defensive numbers. I see that. So, does the ball boy not get a ring? Very funny. Jeez. Does he? <laughs> yeah, he does. He does actually. There's Do you a lot of people who that your get ball a ring. boy was. Uh, I can't. I think. I think it was just one of the equipment guys did it. I'm not sure which one. I think maybe it was different on a well, different day. The uh, They deserve a ring now more than ever now that they have to go chase footballs out of the stadium these days. Their, their work got harder than it's ever been, man. This just in. Tom Brady never won a Super Bowl. Belichick did and uh, Bruce Arians did. Brady well, never won one. I won't I won't go that far. Brady never won a legitimate Super Bowl. 
they well, were always, you know, or maybe always had a cheat to win. There's probably a better case that Bruce Arians never won one and Belichick never won one. Brady did, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, hey, let's start doing that. Every team that wins the championship from now on, we'll pick and choose who actually yeah. gets to claim the championship that was just won. Does that sound good? It does make me feel better that KD didn't actually win a ring when he went to Golden State as a – as you know, jumping on the the bandwagon there with those guys, it doesn't count. It just goes well, to Steph Curry. Uh, does Mac get to claim a championship, or is that all Vince Young? No, oh. huh? Yeah, that's definitely all Vince Young. Texas can't claim it. Uh, Auburn can't claim their national championship with Cam Newton. Those definitely go to one player and one player only. I'm down. Mac Brown has zero then. We've decided it today. As does uh, Gene Chizik, who was fired two years after. Ed Ogeron, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, they get to claim that one. I'm down. Yeah. Again, I, I don't mean to be harsh, but I don't understand that. You you do get to uh, hand the fact that a team won a championship to more than one person other than just the head coach. Now, he wasn't he hasn't won a championship as a head coach. Yeah, I think everyone totally understands that. But being on a championship team, you know way more about what it takes, what works, what doesn't work whenever you've been there for the ride, especially whenever you've been there for the ride as a play caller on offense or defense when you have that big of an influence over what happens and what doesn't happen. Thank you, Doug. I appreciate Doug from Norman. That, that was great. Thank you for the content today. That, that really got us through the first two segments of the four o'clock hour. I'm uh, I'm hot out here. And he, I think Teddy's hotter than I am <laughs> right now, though. <laughs> I can feel him back in studio. Calmer than you it are, dude. It is hot dude. here in Houston. It is, it is hotter here. Ugh. All right. Let's hit a quick timeout. We got more from the rush coming up. Keep the text line coming, 651-3439. Um, we'll hit some things that caught my eye next. Stay tuned. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We got some ref listeners in Houston waving at us right now. How about that? We call this segment What Caught Teddy's Eye. Let's get to it. Story number one is. First of all, quick shout out to our friends over at Roof Tech. Josh Tucker, former teammate of mine. National champion Josh Tucker, uh, teammate of <laughs> mine. Runs the business over uh, there. Nice. Can handle any of your roofing needs, whether it's just a leak or need a full roof replacement. Give the guys at Roof Tech a call. Just a couple uh, here. Number one, um, I know that they're holding UFO hearings right now in Congress. Uh-oh. And it's so weird, and people keep pointing this out. Even though we've got the government admitting and talking about and viewing this as a possible threat, um, pictures from government planes, military planes, they still look like Bigfoot pictures. Is there, is there nothing better? Are you telling me? Like, 
is the technology of the craft make it to where when you try to take a picture of it, it turns out grainy as hell? How is that possible, Tyler? That still, after all this time... Oh, you want... You want me to explain the UFO? Is that what you want me to do? Explain <laughs> if you take a picture of it, how it's grainy? Yes, okay, please. Well, yeah, sit back, let me tell you. I'm more amazed that this isn't talked about more. You know? Like, we're wasting our time with such dumb arguments on both sides. I mean, they're not dumb. Some of them are very important. But you get the idea. I mean, this is something that we've kind of talked about forever. There was a picture going on um social media yesterday so there's about a 25 percent chance that it was actually legit but somebody had like a picture of mars and it looked like a, a a door like a like almost like a cave that was built you know yeah it was like oh my god see like there, there's someone living in that you could tell but no one really wants to talk about what should be the biggest story going on we just want to argue about you know most of the things that don't even matter it's pretty amazing uh, well, are you kidding me? Have you seen the Johnny Depp, Amber, Amber Heard trial? Come on, Tyler. That's what's oh, grabbing gosh. all the headlines. Yeah. Um, I saw this, which I thought was, uh, it's at least interesting, notable, 60-game suspension for pitcher Matt Harvey. Um, Major League Baseball handed down the 60-game suspension. He was involved in uh, drug distribution. And we all know the the Tyler Skaggs story, and Matt Harvey had to go and, um, you know, give testimony. And he talked about uh, oxycodone, cocaine, and stuff like that that they used, you know, for wear and tear to get by with the rigors of the sport and all those things. But Major League Baseball, 60-game suspension, Tyler. Yeah, he's an amazing talent, but he's always had issues off the field. Um, the guy likes to party, man. Yeah. And he's living in a bad city for a guy that really likes to party New York. That's pretty – that's well-documented, man. And I, I, I feel like he's one of those guys that if he really would have committed to being great, that Matt Harvey really would have had the chance to be great. But his priorities were elsewhere, and I think that that's kind of going to kind of be the end of the, of, of uh, that's going to be the story of his career in the end of things. Yeah, um, pretty wild. Uh, last one here, and I don't know how much of a surprise this is to anyone, but Coach K, his last year made twelve over twelve and a half million dollars from Duke. Jeez. It's the most, it's the highest figure anyone's ever given a collegiate head coach uh, from a school during a non-buyout year. So I don't know if that's basketball or if that's all sports included, um, but $12.5 bucks. How about that? Crazy. Yep. Not e- didn't even win a national championship with it. Uh, Saban's making 10 mil, maybe a little bit north of 10 mil every year, but at least they're winning championships, right? All right. Bill so Self makes $10 million a year, which I thought was crazy. Does he? Yeah. Jeez. He makes more than so Nick the Saban. PGA Championship is, well, at least like the practice rounds and everything are underway. Yeah. Uh, hope you're not thirsty for a beer when you go up to Tulsa. A Michelob Ultra is $18. A Stella is $19. A Michelob Ultra Organic Seltzer is $19. And, of course, you have your souvenir cocktails listed for 19 bucks each. So, uh, to get hammered, you're looking somewhere in the neighborhood of about 200 bucks. Have fun, guys. Yeah, I don't get this. And I said something out there about it, and, you know, most of the people agree, and 
there's other people that are like, well, you know, it's a 25-ounce beer. And, you know, there's other places that, that charge just as much. I don't care. You think it matters that they charge that much at Disney World? I think that's just as bad as whenever the PGA Championship does it. You think I care that they charge that much at Jerry's World? No. It's just as bad there. You can throw all these different places at me that charge that amount of money. It's still a scam. And I understand you got to pay for convenience, right? But my goodness, I I, I don't know. I, I just... The Masters figure out a way to make it very affordable, right? And I hate when people justify and say, well, come on, it's 18 ounces or 24 ounces or whatever it is. You're getting more. Well, that makes it more annoying, man. I would rather have the 12 ounces and pay less because carrying around an 18-ounce can or a 24-ounce can, that's not a high level of convenience for me. I'm used to carrying around the 12-ounce cans and bottles. Let me just carry around what I'm used to carrying it around. And if the thing costs $18, plus the tip that I'm sure I'm required to leave as well, I'm going to savor that bad boy. And if I'm trying to savor an 18- or 24-ounce beer in the hot sun, guess what? I'm going to get halfway through it, and it's already going to be lukewarm. 12-ounce, please. Come on. What are we doing? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Here you go. Here's your $18 beer. Enjoy the first 10 ounces of it cold and the (laughs) remaining 15 of it lukewarm. Yeah. Unbelievable. (sighs) Uh, here's a pretty good story. This was sent to me today on Twitter. So I guess J.J. Cavanaugh is the head coach of a high school in Louisiana. He is the head coach of North Caddo High School. And A&M, like, sent him a mailer, basically, like schools do in the mail. Mm -hmm. Attention, head football coach, North Caddo High School. But in the right-hand corner, I guess it was some sort of a postage to where they wanted to respond. In big letters, it says postage due 98 cents, $1.56 total. So it looks like AM sent some sort of a mailer, I'm about to text it to you, to a small high school in Louisiana, and they're saying, hey, we need your return on this, but you're going to have to pay $1.50 to send it back to us. What a cheap move by a school that always touts they have all this cash. Huh. That's interesting. Um,. That's weird. Postage due. I don't know how to take that. If if someone leaves a letter on my desk and I look at it and I open it and I read the letter and then come on, someone comes in and says, "Hey, uh it's a dollar 56 for the for that letter to be shipped." I say, "Well, here, you can have it back. I already read it." Uh, you, you know? I I don't understand. That's interesting. It's weird. Yeah, but yeah, but, that's uh, typical. To make fun of A&M. Typical Texas A&M. Which, on a related note, there's some really cheap NFL teams out there, and I've heard from people, and maybe we've talked about this before. Forgive me if we if we have. One of the cheapest teams out there is the Arizona Cardinals, who like they make you pay. Like you get. A pair of socks, like jock strap, like whatever, like basic line equipment that you need. And if you ever need more, they payroll deduct it from you, which, you know, is, is crazy. But one of the things that they do is if you sign a contract with them, like a free agent contract or whatever, 
they make you pay for the FedEx shipping of the contract. Wow. That is <laughs> unbelievable. And, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen Moneyball or not. Yeah. And it, it, it feels like everything is, is pretty, you know, it was pretty accurate for the most part, you know. But in that movie, they make the A's, and this is like back in, what, 02, 03, somewhere around there. They had vending machines in the clubhouse, but they made the players pay for their own vending machine items. Yeah, that's that That is a cheap. level of cheap, too, man. Super, super cheap, yeah. I, I got uh, one more. Uh, OU wide receiver, well, former OU wide receiver, Cody Jackson. I believe he's still in the transfer portal, and it sounds like the two schools that he's going to be picking between – uh, is the University of Houston and USC. Huh. Now, I I do not believe for one second that Muleshoe tampered with Cody Jackson, but if he ends up picking USC over Houston, oh, it's going to be brought up all over again. Muleshoe's going to get all the crap around here. The speculation is going to be uh, is going to happen. If Cody Jackson picks USC over Houston, everything that we've said about the guy, he's a snake, all that will be said again. And honestly, I hope it happens. Yeah. Well, um, probably going to would be my guess. And well, going to USC. Well, I I guess I don't know. I say that, but you know, if the offer is there and he's got the ability, where would you go? Would you go to USC or would you go to Houston? Uh, well, let's see. I'm looking at the freeway right now, Teddy, and no one's moving. Um, I'm sweating. <laughs> I'm sweating all over the place right now. I'd probably go to USC. Yeah, that's probably the decision I'd make as well. So we'll see, I guess. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number two next. Stay with us. Cavens Construction bringing you hour number two of the rush on this Tuesday. CavensConstruction.com. Cavens also a proud sponsor of the Diamond Envy podcast. New episode just dropped yesterday. Got a really good interview with G. Juarez in there, so go check out Diamond Envy on Apple Podcasts. That was uh, that was a lot of fun. I asked a question on our uh, Twitter page. Go follow us, the Ref at K R E F Sports. What's the uh, worst atmosphere you've ever experienced at a college football game? Uh, a lot of people are saying like OU Kansas 2019, uh, OU Kansas 2011. Anything in New Orleans. I went to a game in Stillwater once. Sugar Bowl versus LSU. 03 Big 12 Championship. Uh, the 2003 Big 12 Championship. 09, uh, 09 Orange Bowl against Florida. So some people took that in a different way, like what was just a terrible atmosphere. But some are like, what was really, really hostile? When I think terrible, I think lame. Um I think like 2018 at TCU. Anytime OU plays a road game in the conference, Teddy, that's at 11 a.m., it feels like 30 minutes before. Are they even playing a football game today? Right. Is anybody going to show up? Yep. Yeah, there's no doubt. Um, That's typically how it goes for whatever reason. Uh, Well, we know the reason. You know, the teams just, frankly, on a historical basis, are not that good. Um, I'm trying to think of – of the OU games that I've been to were the atmosphere that I just considered other than Kansas games. I can't think of one that I would just say was flat out bad. 
you probably don't remember TCU Kyler's year. That was an 11 a.m. kick. That was that was really bad. I, I think it ended up being okay once the game yeah. started, but there was no lead up to it whatsoever. Right, right, yeah. I guess I guess the 11 a.m. kicks. It there there's no buildup. It it feels like it's on you before you know it. With you know, late games, night games, or two thirty games, there there is a buildup because it's eleven a.m. Everyone's under such a rush to get there. It's like people aren't showing up on the property until until right before kickoff. So there there is way less into anticipation. So no, I agree with that. Uh, TCU was in Fort Worth, Kyler's year. That's what the text line saying. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, the expectation is you're not going to have any more road games anymore. Well, I, I mean, we'll see when OU goes to the SEC, but it's gonna, it's going to be just the opposite, right? Instead of playing a game with nobody in the stands, you'll be playing a lot of games with 80,000-plus in the stands. Because that's the thing, right, is we always talk about, well, team's first trip to Norman, their fan base is going to show up. Well, they're going to do that for home games too. Yeah. The first time OU goes to anywhere in the conference outside of Vanderbilt – like, you can bet it's going to be a sold-out packed stadium. Right. Well, I, I'm i guessing that, like, for instance, as I, uh, as I pull up the schedule here, I know we don't have much time. Next year, we're going to play in – we're going to play in several games that are going to have less than 50,000 people. Once we move to the SEC – We'll probably only once, maybe twice a year, play in a game that has less than 80,000. Yeah, I mean, Vanderbilt, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, but even those schools like Mississippi State are pretty close. Yeah, and so you're not, and you, yeah, and you won't be playing those, all those games together. Those will be most likely right, spread yeah. out. So. You're going to be playing in front of big crowds. All right, quick timeout, final hour of The Rush coming up next. Stay tuned.